It's Tuesday, May 19th. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. There was some good news in the fight against coronavirus on Monday, as drug maker Moderna said that its vaccine-induced immune responses in healthy volunteers in a clinical study. The volunteers made antibodies that matched or exceeded the levels found in patients who had recovered after contracting the virus. Moderna will now move into phase two trials with more people involved in that study, and then the phase three trials they hope to begin in July. Moderna ultimately hopes to have something ready by the fall, but we are still some time away from having a vaccine to be distributed widely. I'll tell you what you need to know. Next, a criminal investigation is underway after a massive explosion in a downtown LA warehouse injured 12 firefighters. The business is called Smoke Tokes and is reported to be a supplier for butane honey oil, or hash oil. An explosion erupted as firefighters were trying to put out the flames and led to crews having to escape the roof of the building and walking through a 30-foot wall of fire. Despite burn injuries and breathing in superheated air, all the firefighters are expected to survive. Steve Gregory, reporter for KFI News in Los Angeles, joins us for this dramatic fire story. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. Four participants at the 25 microgram and one other microgram showed that they were having binding antibodies in their blood coming from vaccination that were at or above the level seen in convalescent serum, so i.e. in the blood of people who have been infected, which is what we are all shooting for in terms of how much antibody do you need. On Monday, we had some good news in the fight against coronavirus. The world has been waiting for a vaccine, some type of effective treatment for COVID-19. And drug maker Moderna said on Monday that its experimental coronavirus vaccine had induced an immune response in some of the healthy volunteers who were vaccinated in a clinical study. These are the first results for the first vaccine that has entered human testing. So these results are very preliminary and only for a portion of the study participants. But at this point, any news that we're getting on the good side of it is being looked at very closely. According to a Moderna chief executive, they said that the data suggests that this vaccine, it's called mRNA-1273, has a high probability to provide protection from COVID-19 disease in humans. And when something like this happens, shares on Wall Street go up. I think they went up about 27% for Moderna after uh, news of this had come out. So while we have some good news right now with this, we're still quite a ways before we will actually have a vaccine. The company said that their vaccine could be ready for emergency use as early as the fall if it continues to work in other testing. The FDA has given Moderna permission to begin their second stage of testing, which uh, the phase two trial is going to be could involve about 600 people possibly. And the phase three trial, they said they could begin that in July. So things are moving very fast in this sense. But things might not be ready for the fall at the earliest. So a little bit more about this particular vaccine. Moderna co-designed this vaccine with the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, and they're the ones that are leading the clinical trial that began in March. And for some of the participants that ranged in age from 18 to 55, they were given various doses of the vaccine, and it said it increased immune responses, including boosts in certain antibodies to levels at or above those seen in blood samples from people who have recovered from COVID-19. So people that have recovered from COVID-19 have a a certain level of antibodies 
this vaccine was providing them with that same amount or more at least. And the responses they said included both binding antibodies, which attach the viruses but don't prevent infection, as well as neutralizing antibodies, which do block infection. So it's working on two fronts and the news is good on both. The results don't show whether the vaccine actually protected people from the disease caused by the virus. Uh, that's going to be looked at in further studies, but the antibodies are there. As far as side effects go, there weren't really too many. One participant experienced redness around the injection site and three other subjects that were receiving the highest dose that they were giving in these tests had systemic symptoms, which includes things like fever, muscle pains, and headaches. But they said that those symptoms went away after a day. That high dose, by the way, is being eliminated from future studies, not necessarily because of the side effects, but because the lower doses appear to work so well that the high dose is not needed. Uh, and that could be very beneficial that if they go with the lower dose, because that'll allow companies to, to manufacture more of the vaccine and have it more readily available for people to use. So while this is all very good news, the findings actually don't prove that the vaccine works just yet. We still need larger, longer studies to determine whether it can prevent people from getting it in real world situations. The other thing about Moderna's vaccine is that they're using genetic material from the virus called messenger RNA, uh, and it's, sometimes they call it mRNA. This whole process and making vaccines in this way is still relatively new and has yet to produce any approved vaccine. But so far, the news is good, and uh, they're going to keep working on this one. But what happens next? You know, the, the next part of this is that governments and drug makers are looking at how to roll out a coronavirus vaccine, including reserving some of the first batches for healthcare workers and those that are very essential. There's more than 100 vaccines in development globally right now, and at least eight have started testing in humans. That includes the one from Moderna we were just talking about, others from Pfizer as well. And the big giants like Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, Sanofi, they're building up their capacity to make hundreds of millions of doses on their own or their partner's vaccines once they get approved and, and once they're proven to work. So there's still a long way to go on this. And right now, this is this larger rush right now to, to line up funding for accelerated testing and expanded manufacturing. Because once the vaccine gets approved, that's the next step. We have to manufacture enough of that vaccine to start using it more widely. There's a lot of drug makers who have been building up their capabilities to make these vaccines, and they've pledged to deliver millions of doses this year. Um, but you know, a, a big supply to vaccinate the general population might not really become available until well into 2020. That's why we keep talking about with these things, with these, with the vaccines, it's a long game. It takes a long time to get this. And public health officials and vaccine experts hope that more than one vaccine will cross the finish line to boost the total number of doses available. As we said, Moderna right now is the only one with some good news. So hopefully a few other vaccine candidates start sharing some good findings. And with this limited supply that's going to be initially available of these vaccines, everybody's already trying to see who would get first dibs on this. So companies receiving U.S. federal grants like uh, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, Sanofi, they're expected to reserve some of those doses for Americans. But really, the first groups to get all of this would be at, uh, at the head of the line for this would be any frontline healthcare workers first responders, essential workers like grocery, pharmacy, food supply, and mass transit employees. Uh, you know, as we've been talking about for some time now, these essential employees that keep the economy going. 
Um, so they would all be at the front of the line to get some type of potential vaccine. So overall, some good news from Moderna. Hopefully, as I mentioned, we can get some more good news from other companies that are testing their own vaccines. But for now, some promising results out of Moderna. They were inside performing fire attack. They were on the roof when there was an explosion that erupted at least a 30 by 30 foot flame that came out like a blowtorch that these firefighters had to walk through. Joining us now is Steve Gregory, reporter for KFI News in Los Angeles. Thanks for joining us, Steve. Always a pleasure. I wanted to talk about an interesting local story that you covered for KFI News. There was an explosion in a downtown Los Angeles warehouse over the weekend, and it was just so dramatic, some of the video and pictures that were coming out of it and the stories that the firefighters had to deal with while fighting this fire. It was just amazing. There was several storefronts that were damaged. There was melted fire helmets. A fire truck was burned, and firefighters literally had to run through a wall of flames to escape what was going on because the building was actively exploding while they were trying to fight the fire. So it's just an amazing story. Steve, tell us what happened. I sum it up like this. One of the fire captains told me it's one of the worst incidents they've ever had in recent history. That gives you an idea. And this was truly an international story. I could not believe the other media outlets are there from Australia, from Korea. They were all there because it's not every day you see firefighters running down the extended ladder that was on the roof and that ball of fire coming up underneath like they were on a grill. That's the first thing I thought was like a human grill. They're on this ladder and these flames are coming up and they have to keep their composure. They have to remain calm and not slide off that ladder and fall. And they made it down there. It was a total of 12 firefighters that were injured as a result of it on Saturday night. And what was fascinating about it is there was all this confusion about what was in this warehouse. And you were talking about the different sort of storefronts down there. And there are a lot of these industrial warehouse type places. And a lot of them, believe it or not, have become suppliers and purveyors of the cannabis industry. Locally, they called it Bong Row or Bong, Bong Alley or Bong something. Bong Alley, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so there was a lot of confusion in this place because the fire department did tell us pretty early on that there were a bunch of butane canisters and that these canisters were exploding. And early on, you could hear firefighters describing the big pops that they were hearing. So we don't know how large these canisters are because we couldn't get that close to, to the action. But the call started out as a simple kind of a moderate smoke coming out of a building. One team of firefighters goes in the ground level. Another team of firefighters goes to the roof. They go up on the roof and they start cutting in these ventilation holes. So the smoke and fire and the heat can go upwards. And the ground crew, a couple firefighters are in there and they're like, something doesn't feel right. They start hearing a high pitched sound. Imagine a whistling. If anyone has a, like a propane tank that overheats, any kind of a tank that overheats. That's, that's the first thing that I could think of was that if you've got overheating and, and, and this starts to happen and then the pressure starts to build inside, all of a sudden the firefighters, the one guy just says, okay, we got to get out. We got to abort this. We got to get out. And here's kind of how it unfolded on the radio. Engine 9, engine 9, go with your mayday. I explosion. I have two damn firefighters in front of truck guys. On the front alpha side of the building, we need help. Truck 20, you're my medical group. You have engine 10, truck 20. You have rescue 9, rescue 209. We have six downed firefighters on the alpha side. Acknowledge, truck 20. I see from engine 9. We're, we're sorting that out now. 
We have eight firefighters injured on the sidewalk. Cross from truck nine. We're working on a parked car. Metro Command 22 is on scene with Boyd IC. At this time, uh, we've got a massive explosion. We have multiple buildings on fire. I'm unable to give you a, a real accurate size up. And that gives you a sense of being right there. So what had happened the moment that I was talking to the moment you played that audio there, an explosion happened. Right. Completely unexpected. But they felt and they knew something was happening and the conditions were ripe for an explosion. So there was firefighters inside the building when they felt this unease and mm-hmm. they said, let's get out of let's here. Let's get out. But there was still firefighters on the roof. Right. Creating those ventilation holes. And the dramatic video that you see are those firefighters on the roof because they're on the back end of the building. It's easier to run out from that ground floor. And that's what they were in there. They were trying to find the origin of the flames. They hadn't even found where the fire had started yet. And then they start feeling that what they call that pressurized smoke. Things are building up and it's this perfect storm and like, okay, this isn't right. So they call for the all out, all out, all exit. And they get out pretty quickly. And then the guys on the top are coming from across the building when that ball of fire just shoots out. And then those firefighters are running down the ladder to safety. I want everybody to go to Steve's Twitter page at Stephen Gregory for some pretty dramatic photos and a video of a video that you had because somebody that was there just kind of taking video of it and you. It was a security guard next door. So you have this video showing the firefighters running down with the huge flame going through there and they're kind of walking down and then the flame erupts even bigger and they're literally walking through the fire. Yeah. Tell us about some of the injuries that were sustained. All the firefighters, the 12 firefighters that got hurt are expected to survive and make it out of this fine. Miraculous recovery all across the board. And it was a total of 12 firefighters that were injured. The most severe were two guys that had internal injuries from breathing in hot gases. And then basically what that did was swell the inside of the esophagus and then the respiratory system. They had to sedate them and put them on ventilators pretty quickly on that evening. The others had varying degrees of burns. There's going to be at least one firefighter that's going to need skin grafting. Most of the rest of them got burns on what they call their extremities. That's how they describe it. Basically hands and arms and ears and a lot of burns on ears because those helmets that you mentioned early, that heat was so intense that you could just see these deformed helmets strewn about the sidewalk. The turnout coats and pants, those big thick coats that they wear had burn holes in them. Those things are supposed to resist fire. The inside of the fire truck, a ladder truck that was across the street was so badly damaged from it. It's probably totaled. Let's talk a little bit more about the business where the fire was reported. It was a warehouse is called smoke tokes. They've been described as a maker of butane honey oil, also known as hash oil. They extract THC out of all that stuff to put in vapes and waxes and things like that. What do we know about this business? One thing we do know about this honey oil is that it's illegal to manufacture using butane in the state of California. So the ATF agency is going to be on scene. Most of their team is there now. Them and the Los Angeles Police Department's major crimes division, they're all going to investigate and their gang and drug unit. But what we do know is presumably, according to their website, they have a cash and carry business and a giant warehouse. This presumably would be the warehouse. And they purportedly would carry paraphernalia like lighters and then these butane canisters that might be used for regular reasons or regular purposes or refilling lighters, those kinds of things. But what they're looking at now is whether or not this honey oil or this hash oil was being extracted from these, you know, these plants and these leftover seeds and buds and stems and whatnot within the business, which is, again, is an illegal process. 
it's legal if it's organically extracted, but it's illegal if you use any kind of a chemical substance or any kind of a heated chemical substance to extract this oil. So that was sort of bandied around a bit on the scene that night, but there was absolutely no confirmation from the fire department. So now there's a criminal investigation underway looking into it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because also there were no hazardous material signage out front or any logos or any of these signs that they're supposed to have if they have any kind of flammable material inside. So this happened on a Saturday evening. There presumably was closed. A lot of the other storefronts there were Uh also closed since we're going through coronavirus right now and a lot of businesses are closed. So there was no at least danger in that on that front. Well, no, there wasn't. There were no retail shops open. But also keep in mind, this is in the heart of Skid Row. And there are just hundreds and hundreds of homeless people just concentrated in that one area that were all there too. And fortunately, (laughs) that happened to be a side street where not a lot of homeless gather or congregate. And so when I was down there that night, and I I was there until 3.30 the next morning. And so these homeless folks are sitting on the sidewalks, literally just watching this like it's another day in Los Angeles. They seemed completely unaffected by what was going on, but this was a major event. Back to the firefighters and the fire station that responded. This is kind of a centrally located fire station that services, you know, right there in downtown Skid Row, parts of Little Tokyo, things like that. So it's like a really important area. And that fire station, I think it was Fire Station 9. Nine. They got a lot of injuries out of there. So now there's concern about how they're holding up. Well, you're always going to be able to heal the physical wounds. It's the mental wounds right now that they've got to go through. Station 9, it is the busiest fire station in America, and it's based on the size of their service area and their per capita based on population. It is the busiest fire station in America. It has the most medical calls of any fire station in America because they are in the heart of Skid Row. That is the emergency room for everyone on Skid Row is that fire station. Also, you have a lot of young firefighters in there and a lot of rookies. They all want action. Someone my age, you're put out to pasture at a fire station out on the Palos Verdes Peninsula where it's beautiful out there in the ocean every day. And the worst thing you get is a dog bite call, but not downtown. So you got a lot of these younger guys. And the upside is they have all that youth. They have that energy. They've got that resiliency. The problem is they don't have a lot of the experience in dealing with traumatic injuries and the mental trauma from this. It's going to take a while. And it had been characterized to me by the chief of the fire department that the mental healing is going to be really, really tough because now the footage of that is going to be played over and right. over and over. And they're going to look at that and their wives and girlfriends and husbands are going to be looking at that. And it's going to be a long, long journey to also mentally come back from that. And from some of the reporting that I was reading, it was some of the captains that were on site that were hearing those loud hissing noises and kind of started getting that feeling like, Hey, we need to get out of here. So right. had that not had happened, possibly a lot more people could have been well, hurt. You know, that's an interesting point, but typically in a case like that, That's the way it's designed. You're not going to send a bunch of quote unquote rookies into a scene like that. You will always have a senior officer in there, a senior fire officer that will have that and have that experience. But the folks that are in in those trenches and are doing that work, it's a primarily very younger, like South LA, there's very young teams in these fire departments because they all want the action. And that's where the most action is. Steve Gregory, reporter for KFI News in Los Angeles. Thank you very much for joining us. Always a pleasure. That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. This episode of The Daily Dive is produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. 
I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive.